0: Hello, welcome to the Child Whisperer podcast. It's great to have you on the show today, whether you're listening live or to the recording. Welcome. You're in a good place to start your week. I'm Carol Tuttle, the author of The Child Whisperer. You can learn more about that at thechildwhisperer.com. And it's all about raising happy, health, healthy, successful, cooperative children. And yes, you can do that when you have the insights of knowing the four types of children that I teach in The Child Whisperer, the true nature Of who we are as human beings. I'm here to take your live calls as well today. You can call into the show at 347-677-1963. And today's show, how to get more cooperation and less stubbornness from your children. And we're grateful that we've been um, seeing a lot of new listeners join the show. We're up on our listens this month and downloads. I'll report that next week. What our we're gonna hit an all-time high. So welcome if you're new to the Child Whisper podcast, and if you've not yet read the book that is the foundation of this parenting method, I highly recommend it. It will change your life as you look at your children and really see what they're showing you. You'll have um, interpretive skills to know what their language, their behavior, their natural tendencies, their stress signals, their what their stubbornness even, their tantrums, their whatever they're showing you they're showing it true to their nature in most you know unless unless they've been altered through the years by being sent a message that they can't be who they are and that's why you want this information to truly be able to be the interpreter as a parent to know what is my child saying to me what do i need to do differently to engage them to be more cooperative so we'll look at that today but let's start the show with a success story this is a brief one but as powerful as any others. This listener writes Carol. I have a type 2 four-year-old who requires a lot of cuddling and physical affection. Recognizing her energy type and need for comfort has brought us to a place where she is able to sleep all night in her own bed. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for all that you do. Your methods are truly a godsend. Thank you for sharing that story. You can success stories to parenting at liveyourtruth.com. And my first question today along the lines of how to shift from um, how to get more cooperation and less stubbornness, this mom writes, my family is all high energy. I'm a type one, which is the highest of movement. And again, you need to read the book to understand the movement and this expression that comes through us naturally. So when you hear me talking, reference of what I'm talking about. So the podcast really is the more um, advanced version of the child whispering world. It all starts with the book to understand what I'm speaking. Go to childwhisper.com and grab. Um, you'll be able to link to the book. We sell it on Amazon right now. It's a great resource. So make sure you have this background information. So when I'm sharing this, you know, you know, we're on a, you know what I'm talking about. My family is all a high energy. I'm a type one. My husband is a type three. Our 12 year old son is a type three. Our 10 year old daughter is a type one. And our eight year old son is a type one as well. So we have this combination of three type ones and two type threes. And as sh- this mom said, those are all high energies. My question today is about my eight year old type one, three. Son, his energy is loud and ever-present. We've asked him to join more sports and hobbies to get that energy focused in a productive way. We've offered to pay for things like karate, sports, singing, and acting, anything instead of having him just hanging out at home and driving everyone a bit nuts. We're at our limits with him because it seems like if his energy doesn't get used in a productive and appropriate way, he becomes louder and more defiant. The problem is that he refuses to do anything but soccer, which right now is only 40 minutes once a week. This is not enough activity for him. When is it okay to force your kids into something? I try to always make it social by finding things his friends are doing. So I know he'll end up enjoying it too, but I'd love for him to just agree. Maybe the better question is how do I get him to see the fun he could have? I'm all about manipulating the conversation because heaven knows he has his manipulation skills on full force. Now I'm going to say, this is a young man that's eight years old. I don't think he's conspiring and saying, um, especially as a three, a type one secondary. Yeah, this is the child that's the type one secondary three energy that he's actually conspiring to drive you nuts. I don't think his brain slows down enough to be able to make a plan like that. It's just, you're in a pattern here. You're in a pattern, you're trying to get out of it. But I want you to notice mom, that your first inclination is to make sure he's having fun. Okay, that's your preference. You need to make sure it's fun for you. It's not necessarily his preference um, right now. It needs, and he may not know how much fun it can be because he hasn't gotten involved yet. So I do think it's fair knowing his high energy output that you not necessarily give him a choice between, um, do you want to do any of it? I say you just make it, you know, it's kind of like when you potty train a child You don't just say, and again, there's I've got information on that to do it, so it's aligned with them being successful at it. But you don't give the power of decision to the child to say, "Well, do you think you want to be potty trained, or do you want to wear a diaper the rest of your life?" See, again, you need to take that position of saying, "I know it's best for you, so I'm going to give you two options." Those two options are, in your, in the case of what you've outlined here, you've tried to get him to do things um, like karate. Sports, singing, and acting. So you say, you know, you're. Uh, it'd be supportive for you to have one more activity a week. Would you like it to be karate, sports, singing, or at you know, Maybe give him two. Which give him two options. Which one are you going to choose? Now, the type one three energy is going to kind of want to disconnect from that and not give it, kind of make it through that. Getting to the place for because in the early phase of it. It may not feel fun, but how do you help him ride it out so he gets to that place where he's succeeding in learning new skills, having enjoyment, progressing so that he is having fun? So I wouldn't say you're forcing anything. You're creating a scenario where your child, you say, I know it's best for you. I'm your parent. And now that I know you have this high energy, you need an outlet for it my role as your mother and father is to gain inspiration in behalf of what other outlets would be supportive to my child. Don't let your child decide if those outlets would be fun or supportive. You're the parent, so you are the one to receive that insight. And then you, you uh, present it in a way that It's not, well, what do you think? Should we do this? Because you're then giving him the power of decision. And then you'll feel like you're forcing him. Because now you've invited him in to say, no, I don't want to do any of that. So don't give him the option to say, no, I don't want to do any of that. Say, teach him about, you need outlets for your energy. Which outlet do you want to pursue? And we're going to commit to a certain two to three month span of it, you know, maybe he needs to switch it up. He's not going to become, you know, the, maybe he doesn't want to be a black belt in karate. Maybe he doesn't want singing, you know, but what allows him an outlet? So what's the goal? An outlet, not necessarily becoming really masterful at any of these right now. It's my child needs activities that supports his energy so that, He can be more balanced. And when he's in the family environment, he's, um, but again, the whole family might need some outlets. He's just the one mirroring everybody that the, he's probably running the whole energetic system through him. So how much more organization and some structure do you need to put in place in your family system that allows this high energy family to operate with more order and ease? And does that mean sourcing out some help? Do you have an environment that they feel is the space is clear? The energy is clear. Things are organized enough that they feel there's order to the home. Do you bring in some house cleaning help? So there's this consistent, predictable, our home is orderly and it's a comfortable place. It supports us. So step back and look at the whole family dynamic and what's happening with the family energy at large that he's then possibly mirroring in as the micro of the macro. So I think you have to look at both you know, variables there and do some adjustments with both. Your child's expression of energy and the proper outlets and what's happening in the family that he's showing you the amplified expression of because the family system needs some more order and um, predictable flow to it because that's just a lot of a lot of energy that things can get um, running a little more. What I call uh, running by the seat of your pants energy that the family may be operating as a family system a little too much on running by the seat of our pants. You know, we're just get, we're just always getting by right in time. You know, just in time, just in time. So how um, can you create enough kind of like what comes to mind is the sense of oh, like a, like a sigh of relief, that sense of oh, our home is a space that our family can come and just kind of like settle into them, you know, kind of this just more ease, settle into some ease because you don't have any type two or type four energy in the mix So what can you do to help bring that into the family? Turn the TV off, commotion, how much commotion? How can you eliminate commotion? Do you ever go a full day without any media input? No television on, no video, no gaming, no tablets, no screen time. It's gotta work with your family system energy as well. Thank you for that question. So here's a few tips for getting more cooperation from each type of child. So our type one is the fun-loving child. They have the highest movement. Again, the common denominator for them is, is this, we think of fun as an activity rather than how we experience. You could pull weeds and just, it's not necessarily perceived as a fun activity by anyone, but how could we just allow our children to be, how can children to be more playful in that process so they're having fun while they're doing things that are just not that much fun? There's a lot of, You know, do you make your child, type one child, make their bed every morning? I don't think that's, Could we reduce that to three times? See what's required of them to be cooperative with. So for type one, if things get too consistent, that's where they want to create inconsistency, this connect, disconnect movement of able to follow through. But if there's too much structure and too much of the same thing over and over and over they'll want a break from that. And that will appear to be being uncooperative. So let's just take bed making, for example. Do I want my children to learn how to make their beds and keep their rooms tidy? Of course I do. But is it really necessary? Will a type one child succeed at that and cooperate with that if it was seven days a week? So what's your child, what's your type one child? um, Anything that requires more structure, more consistency, what, what supports them in showing you forth cooperation? Maybe you're sabotaging their ability to be cooperative by expecting it to be too routine, too consistent, too much of the time. Bring that down to, you know, three to four days a week and come up with a system to measure that so that they know what in our company, we call those scorecards. People have a scorecard. What's expected of them for the week? And they, um, Monitor their own progress, and they're able to then report to their managers to say, "Yeah, this is I got the job done." For type twos, if they're again feeling pushed, this is going to make them recoil. Their energy wants to go within, retract. Um, think of a a turtle that goes within their shell if they're feeling too pushed, hurried, overwhelmed. Now they'll be able to they'll actually pull back and cause more. Uh, sense of a drag, where you feel like you're dragging them along. Come on, because you're now pushing. You need to pull your energy back. It's a your energy field affects your children. And so, as your energy field is trying to engage your children, is it overpowering their energy field or their energy fields, their auric space, their energetic space? Is it is balanced in the space that you occupy? Is your energy overriding theirs. And especially the type two child, you'll see less cooperation if they're taking on your energy and they're kind of trying to live their life according to your energetic preference of a different type. I think of a shade, you know, those old fashioned shades that you would pull down and then you'd tug at them and then they'd recoil and they'd um, quickly, they would pull back up and wrap up. So imagine you could do that with your own energy by pulling it back in and letting it become, get it into your, take it off your children. Imagine you could tug it and it it retracts back into your space. So notice that in your experience for type three children in a cooperation. If they've heard a lot of no's, if they're hearing no, 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 they're less likely to cooperate with the things you want them to say yes to. The more yeses you can support them with, again, and yes doesn't have to look like I'm going to go along with what they're presenting me, but how can I help um, re kind of repurpose this, what they're presenting with me, so I can get behind them and say yes, because the more yeses they get from you, the more yeses you're going to get from them, which looks like cooperation. And Type 4 children, now, again, being their own authority is such a base of who they are, This isn't something that, I mean, they come with this. It's their makeup. It's how they're hardwired, being a sense of being their own rightful person. And the more that you respect them, and again, you don't hand over the steering wheel to becoming um, their own parent. They need a parent. They need a guide. They need someone they can respect back. They need to learn to work with other people that play authoritative roles in their world. And the more you can respect them, the more cooperative they are, the more they respect you and want to cooperate with you because they hold you in high esteem. So, again, the Child Whisper book is full of clues about this. These are the general guidelines for each of the four types. You can get more specific by reading the book and rereading the book, The Child Whisper. And when you have these more broad, general insights to your children, I promise you, you will get the inspiration to your specific scenario. Because now you're thinking in these terms, you know, in reference to, oh, this is what my child needs in order to manifest and help in you know, enroll them in being cooperative. What is my specific inspiration for my life experience, my scenario, my story with them right now? I trust completely you'll be given that very, very specific guidance that um that you have a, a, a phenomenal spiritual um guidance team, whatever your belief system is, however you know, my world, it's God, it's um it's the uh Reference to guides and angels and that they're they're conspiring at all times to support my greatest good and my family's greatest good and especially in my role as a parent so believe in that that you have a tremendous support system in place that's feeding you inspiration so as long as you have the the um awareness to receive it and then put it into practical application another question that came in this is from mom that says my type two Eight-year-old daughter is an only child and a perfectionist. It seems like she is stubborn just for the sake of being stubborn. For instance, she will ask for a specific food item and I'll buy it. Then she'll proclaim she doesn't want it, even though she does indeed like the item. She was sick recently for two days. And even though I was there to take care of all her needs 24 hours a day, I explained, as I always do, that she needs to drink fluids in order to get well. But she practically refused. I'm a 45-year-old stay-at-home. Type for mom, I worked hard to honor her type 2 nature, but I truly don't understand the way she fights just for the sake of fighting. Do you think it is because I cater to her too much or because she dislikes going to school? To school, She is full of anxiety at school, mainly due to the lack of time granted to complete tasks, her desire to be perfect, and social situations. Other than her anxiety in school, she is everything you describe with type 2. I'm actually researching homeschooling as I would like her to thrive in school, not just survive. Any thoughts? Yeah, she's a two four. So, and you're a type four mom. So, we got a lot of things bumping up against themselves. You've got your energies kind of bumping and crashing into each other. So, then as a type four mom, you think, um, put more structure in place. Uh, as you said, you uh, cater to her. So, what does that look like in your world? How are you catering to her? Is it too much? Is She overwhelmed with your catering. Very, you know, by eight years old, children are are starting to create a sense of autonomy with out their parent. And so maybe she's not confident of herself enough to have the self-esteem to feel confident in school because being an only child. And again, I'm not um, pointing fingers saying, what are you doing? You should have known better. You've done what you've done with good intent. I want you to know that I I recognize your heartfelt intent here as a mom to do what's best for your child, but possibly what you're doing, most likely what you're doing is not best for her that you've taken up You've taken too big of a role. So her autonomy isn't developing a healthy self-esteem as you you know kind of kind of disengage a bit, give her more support in developing her capacity to be successful rather than catering to her. And it's you know, it's like the whole the story that we've heard for years teaching someone, how to fish versus fishing for them so where in your life are you doing the fishing and just supplying her when one of the greatest things you can do especially a child in this grade school age category is how are you teaching your child to fish to fish the experience of life to build her self-esteem so that she's confident in these situations but if she doesn't have mom there because she's now been conditioned to having mom there to be this kind of backup to kind of step in, make up the difference. She's lacking her own sense of confidence by age eight. So take a look at that and evaluate where am I fishing and where am I catering? Where am I just stepping in? Where can I support my daughter in developing herself and to help her develop self-esteem? And again, has she have you sat down and read the book with her, both the type two and the type four section. So she understands who she is and she can work within that references self. So she's not trying to be like her type one friend or her type three friend or someone else that she thinks, Oh, I wish I was more like that, that she can have that self reflection and say, this is who I am. These are my gifts. How do I develop a, a, a sense of esteem for the gifts that I bring for the person that I am and work on that? Um, and I think that it takes a little bit of time to give yourself two to three months to kind of, swing this so that you're supporting your child rather than catering to your child. The lines are open. Um, we are at uh, I will only be taking callers for the next 15 to 20 minutes because um, please call in at this point rather than wait till the last minute because it's a little challenging to take your call at the very last 10 minutes of the show. want to give you ample time to support you but please call in at three four seven six, seven, seven, one, nine, six, three. Even if you have an update about uh, an aha you've had, maybe I've spoken to you previously on a show. We'd love to hear where are they now? What's happening now? We love those stories. It's just fun, you know, to connect with. Oh, I wanted to make a quick personal announcement. Um, My oldest daughter, Jennifer, who is a type one, she's the mom of three boys and we don't um, share her so frequently in social, our social media platforms due to her, by her request, she's not involved in the company. She actually is um, a very talented vocal artist and music teacher. She teaches private music lessons in her home. Her husband is an ophthalmologist in the Denver area. I sneak off to Denver every once in a while to visit my grandkids there for the weekend was just there last weekend, but um, I don't think I've previously announced this publicly. She is pregnant with their fourth son She was a little downhearted, a little, um, she loves a kid. I mean, this is a type one, just the joy of your life kind of person. This is one of the nicest people you're ever going to meet on the planet. Just a delightful human being. My oldest child, she's 33. Her husband's a fabulous um, man, awesome. And you, she was just, in her type one, she was thinking it'd be fun to have a daughter. And when she learned it, this will It appears will be her last pregnancy due to the fact that she's had eight pound babies all cesarean section and she's five foot one It's not in her best interest to continue down the childbearing path She's uh, had to make a conscious decision that this will probably be her last child and it is a boy and it's a She's she's very in tune with the four types and the energy. She has a type four is her oldest and a type three is her next oldest and then type two and based on what she's feeling and what she's reading in the energy, it appears that this little guy is going to be a type one. So, I think you know, if I am now, I know all of you listening, it's like, um, gender is not, it's it, there's so many things that we value about our children and, and it's just kind of, we, we love Boy, girl, whatever. We love that. We have children. We love our children. But I did say to her, I said, well, there's two things. Um, at least they're different types and how fun that is to see how very specifically they live true to their nature. And that it is a tradition in their family, his, um, the dad, their dad, my son-in-law, his family name, um, before they changed it, his ancestors changed it when they immigrated to the United States is Alkimovich. And now it's Alan. And One of the traditions they have in their family is that the boys are all named, their middle name is Alkimovich. And it was really funny when they announced a few months ago they were having their next son, my oldest son, Chris, he shared with him, well, at least you don't have to think of a new middle name. Cause they all have traditionally, they hold and bear the name. The original family name as their middle name, which is a fun thing. So little personal update what's happening in the Tuttle clan that uh, we have another grandchild coming and it's always just an honor to support the my children in this next phase of life and to continue to use the child whisper in my role as a mom and a grandma. I want to remind anyone that's calling in, uh, if you want to come live on the show, you need to press one on your phone because that shows my producer on the switchboard that you are calling in to chat with me. So make sure you press the number one. My next email question This is about a toddler who won't fall asleep on her own Says I'm a type two mom and my daughter is a type one. I think with a secondary type two and she is two and a half years old. She has a hard time going to sleep and bedtime is long and difficult for me. When my husband puts her to bed, he can put her in her crib after reading stories and she will play with stuffed animals. When I do when I do. When I do stay, she wants me to rub her back, but she moves too much for me to rub her back. And that frustrates me. Then of course, my frustration doesn't help matters. If I leave, she cries and gets really upset. And I don't believe in leaving her alone to cry. Sometimes I end up just laying on her floor for a while until she's tired enough to hold, to hold still and let me rub her back. And she doesn't like to hold still, but at least I'm not leaving her. I'm almost 22 weeks pregnant and I'm exhausted. I know once the baby is born, I won't, Always be able to stay with my daughter until she falls asleep. So I guess my question is: Do you have any tips for getting a social type one toddler to be okay being alone at bedtime, or any insights as to why she she'll let Daddy leave the room but not Mommy? Um, well, so Daddy's doing something where she just knows that he's not. It's not part of their interactive experience. Again, she's two and a half, so you have a pattern going on here that you've supported developing that she's now just you know, the key, you're giving her the cues and she responds according very predictably to the cues, you know, oh, okay, like you said, you've written it all out. I stay, okay, I rub her back. Now she moves, I get frustrated. She feels my energy, my energetic upset. So see, your energy is affecting her to now she's playing off your energy to get upset and cry because your energy is your exhaustion and that you don't want to be there. You're fed up. You're tired. So I'd say if your husband is the be- is the option to put her to bed right now so you can, if you're too tired and you're exhausted and you know you don't have the patience, you know where this is going. You've just outlined where it's going because she's reading your energy. She's picking up on it. Now, I've been teaching that um, three-step technique to shift your energy, open your heart so that your energy is more clear for your kids The to um, stop and notice your breath to soften your belly, open your heart, and to consciously do those three steps. So I would suggest if you are in this, your energy is running on the exhausted, frustrated size, and you know where it's going, you can just pretty much call where this, this scene's going to go. It's going to go exactly how you described it. So you got to make sure your energy is in a healthy place that you can just go in. She doesn't need it. She's type one. I don't think she's looking for a long back robe. Maybe she doesn't even want you rubbing her back. Maybe she wants you playing with her a little bit just with the little stuffed animals. Um, Maybe the back rub. What does your husband do? You know, kind of what is his proceed? You know, what's he doing with her? Copy it. Is he rubbing her back? Maybe that's not a value to her. Maybe she doesn't care about having her back rub. That's more about you. If you're a type two, that's something you might enjoy. So what are the, how does it, what you're doing look different from what your husband's doing and, and mimic his activities with her. But first step is going to be to make sure energy's in a really healthy, clear space. So she's not reading you going, mom's stressed and doesn't want to really be here. Mom doesn't want to be with me. And so then, you know, I'm upset because she's only two and a half again. She's not thinking these thoughts. It's just, it's more of an energetic response than an actual thought out response on her part. That's how powerful our energy affects other people. And not just your mom's listening to this, this, your energy every day, you know, all of our energies are communicating and interacting and encourage you to learn more about your subtle energy system. I have a lot of great products. Go to caroltuttle.com. Start learning about these energetic tools to help get your energy in a clear, healthy space so that it's not the catalyst in creating undue upsets and stress and trauma in your family. My next um, question is from a mom. She says, hello, Carol, I'm a type three mom and I have a 12-year-old type three son. He has always had a very strong spirit. It even got back to me shortly after his birth that, he, that the nurses had never heard a baby scream as loudly as he did. He's energetic, driven, entrepreneurial, hardworking, hard playing, fiery, and passionate. He's struggled with going to church for as long as I can remember. He doesn't like to sit still and he doesn't see the point in learning about God or anything of that nature. I'm struggling to know how much freedom to give him in this area. I continue to tell him that it's something we do as a family, but that response feels lame to me. I'd love some tips. Um, I, I don't know your church scenario, how long you're sitting in church, but um, some church practices are very at odds with a type three energy. It doesn't seem, see again, type threes. It's not about um, I have a right to think for my type threes and type fours have similar, similar need to say I have to do what's right for me for different reasons that are very deep you know big part of our makeup in the type 3 world it's got to be practical it's got to be what's the value of this really why are we doing this what's the point what's the point of this so obviously he's not getting any point out of it he's saying I don't see the point so you know um, in my church practice um, I belong to a a, a church that allows, um, that supports sort of like the membership, the congregation to share through church talks and messages. And I don't always line up with what they're saying because that's their personal interpretation and how they've taken doctrinal things in their faith and put it through their experience. And that's fine. I respect that. But I had to find a point for myself. You know, I had to say, what's the point of this? Because it, it was showing up too often that the point of it was I was judging people. So I noticed that one day and I went, the point of my church experience is to see how open can I be and to start noticing how much I'm judging this. What's the value of this? What, what do I want to take from this? This is my, this can be whatever I choose to make it. This can, I can create whatever I want with this based on the attitude I bring to it and the fact that I recognize the good that's here. So possibly he may be marrying you as well as a type three as well that you've, you were just told not to question. Consider the possibility you weren't willing to say, I don't get it. And I'm willing to kind of push against the envelope that's been handed me and say, well, this is just what you do. This is the way you do it. We just do this. This is we're told how to do it, what to do, when to do it. Because you weren't willing to question that and say, Well, what is this? What is the value for this for me? So maybe he's amplifying that to you to say, these are healthy conversations to have with children to say, where does this fit in our lives and what do we value in it rather than, well, this is just what we do. There's no practical sensibility to that, to a type three child that's coming into the earth much more open and much more willing to look at things, see, just culturally. We live in a much more open cultural energy. So the children being born in the last couple decades versus people that were born in the 50s, you know, 60s, 70s, and 80s. The energy wasn't as open. So they come into the earth more open, more willing to inquire, more willing to say, "What what's the value of this in my life? How can it support my truth and who I am? And as you lead that, and I, be- I believe I did that with our children, you know, with religion to say, this is meant to support you rather than dictate to you and be this something you have to enforce in your life. And so... I've been a progressive. I've been progressive in this ever since I started having kids. I really, really felt that it was important that those things, those those resources support living our truth versus dictating what that looks like. So uh, continue the conversation. I hopefully you've gotten something. Um, it's, I, you know, it's a, it's a fine line. Um, it just depends. Again, be prayerful, uh, seek guidance, and see your child is showing you something maybe you need to look at for yourself as well to get more clear on and what's correct for you in your life. So the last call for live callers, uh, press 1 on your phone, call 347-677-1963, and I've got a couple more email questions in case uh, we don't have any live callers today. So I appreciate all the questions that have been emailed in. This is from a mom who says, I'm a type one, but my question is to help my type four mother deal with her 45-year-old daughter who has a life filled with drama and high-maintenance experiences. My sister is going through a messy divorce and has moved back in with my mom. That's an interesting scenario right there. Lots of unfinished business presenting itself. This is me talking right now. A lot of old childhood stuff, parent-child relationship stuff gets presented when adult children move back in with their um, parents. She has four children, one biological child who she is in a custody battle over. She has also adopted three young children under the age of 10 who all have mental health needs. My sister has a long history of being very controlling and lashing out verbally in a meticulous and calculating way. What can be said or done to best help a type 4-3 mother and type 2-3 daughter in their relationship when there are these suspected sociopathic factors, lying, manipulating, and drama that cause conflict? How can a relationship be best served when even knowing, through though we know each other's types, there is a wrench thrown in the mix of possible mental illness? this is where I'm saying, this is always interesting to me, that neither of the people that we're talking about are the ones asking the question, and they're both adults. And I recognize your good intent to want to help people so that you eliminate their pain and their conflict, especially when there's children involved. Yet, it's a very messy scenario based on the fact that they're neither the ones asking the question. They're not asking for my help. So my inclination is to tell you to not get involved and to pray and to ask that things will play out in a way to get their attention, that they'll seek out their own help and want to become more aware and um, in, and to seek out healing, which creates awareness. So it gets real messy when they're not inviting you in. Have they asked you for your help uh, if they haven't? i'd set a boundary that you just what the best help you can give them is to send forth angels to help them pray for them um give them back their energy Uh, a little technique you can do is send the energy back to them and ask that it be sent back with consciousness and pray that they will things will play out in a way that they will seek learning healing and understanding to start creating a different experience together because again people typically aren't real You just take on their energy and it adds stress to your life. So now you got instead of two people in it, you know, it's kind of like two people are drowning in this stuff. You jump in, but you have no resources. Now you're all three in it and you don't have any way to really pull them out because you didn't, they didn't ask for you to bring in the lifeline. You just got involved and you all three, it just energetically you're now a party to it for other than being, Effective in creating solutions because they've not asked and invited you, as by what I'm getting from this email you sent in. I do have a live caller. Hi, you're live on the show.
1: Hi, how are you?
0: I'm good. How are you doing?
1: Well, I have a question. I actually listened into your live broadcast last week and ordered your book. I just got it. So I haven't actually good for you all my children. I think they're type fours. Okay. I have four little girls. I have twins who are three. They just turned three. A one-year-old. Are and, they um, identical or? Um... No, they are paternal. Okay. They're very different, um, but all my girls are very strong love which I love about them. The reason I'm calling is I mean, my husband travels a lot. I know that plays a big part in them having trouble respecting me because we our lives change a lot. So he's gone, but they I cannot seem to get them to understand that life would be a lot easier if they would just listen and follow through. The problem I'm having is that no matter how much we discipline putting them in the corner, time out, sending them to their room, sitting down and talking to them face-to-face, they keep repeating the same behaviors.
0: Do you know your type? I don't. Okay, that's the first step for you to learn your own type. And I want to recommend people, uh, women that are new to this, to go to You can access my free beauty profiling online course also. Go to dressingyourtruth.com and you're going to see an offer there to get a free course, uh, the free beauty profiling course. So the first step is you need to know, you know, you're going to parent more true to your nature and you're trying to reason with your children. You're trying to get through to them to say, well, if you really understood what I'm saying, then you'd respond with being more cooperative. You'd listen to me, but you're going about it in a way that there's no trust built there. There's no you get me, mom, so I get you. So that I would say it's highly unlikely, just by the um, percentages, that all four of your all of your children are type fours. That's rare. That's not the common percentage. It can happen. Yes, it's possible. But right away, I'd um, if you've not finished the book, don't start profiling your children until you've finished it. Then make sure you go to childwhisper.com and watch the different vid. I have 26 videos that actually then show you real children being expressive in their type. So you can see it in action. You go, oh, okay, that's what she says in the book. That's what it looks like in children. Wonderful. And so the way you're going about trying to get the result you want, you will never succeed. You first have to start parenting your kids true to their nature. That builds trust. Now that they feel honored, they naturally get more cooperative because you now have different parenting approaches true to their type that enroll them in what you want them to respond to favorably. Okay. So your method is just showing you that you're just trying to get through to your kids, but okay. you can't get through to them when, you, when you're, you know, getting through to your kids is first knowing their true nature and knowing what that looks like true to their nature. So you're in the right place. What you're asking for is just not available to you yet because you're in the early phases of it. So finish the book, watch those videos, keep listening to the podcast, and I guarantee you in six months, three to six months, your family's going to go through a massive shift because you're going to have so much more clarity. And you're going to go, now I know why what I was doing previously didn't work.
1: All right, well, thank you.
0: Stay in the process, and you're gonna get the insights that you're seeking and the outcomes you're wanting for your family, so that your family is happy and you enjoy being a mother. Because <laughs> that will happen. Okay. Thanks for calling in. Um, couple blogs posts I want to um, point you to on the Child Whisperer blog. We have to every parent who disagrees with me. This is a um, new post by my contributing writer, Kathy West, who is a type two. She's a beautiful writer. I think you'll love this post. She just That we just um, put up to every parent who disagrees with me. Apparently, due to the internet, there's a lot of division in the mommy world and what um, is referred to as mommy wars, you know, the right way to parent. And if you're in my world, I hope you'd agree that the right way to parent is a lot, of your child's true nature, and then on the Carol blog, the Energies of Love, a Q and A with authors Donna Eden and David Feinstein, where I invited them to an interview, a written interview, to talk about their new book, The Energies of Love. I'm personally reading it. My husband and I take time each week to read. This is a phenomenal book. I highly recommend it. It will not only serve your um, the primary relationship with husband and wife, it will support you with remember to like us on Facebook, go to facebook.com forward slash the child whisper. Thanks for joining me today. Have another great week, create a wonderful week with your amazing family. And remember, you're probably doing more things right. And there's more positives to notice in your life. We just have a tendency to notice what's not working and where the pain points and discomfort is. But remember, it's not as bad as you think it is. And there's more good that's happening in your world than what's getting your attention that wants attention to shift. And as I told my caller today, that will happen the more committed you are to this process. Thanks for tuning in today. As a teacher, healer, speaker. Best-selling author of The Child Whisperer and Mother of Five Children, Carol Tuttle is honored to help you take the power struggle out of parenting and better understand the children in your life. If you'd like Carol to answer your question, call in next time or email your question to parenting at Carol invites you to learn more about the four types of children at thechildwhisperer.com and connect with her at thecarolblog.com. If you haven't read The Child Whisperer yet, get your copy through the Child Whisperer website and enjoy happier, more successful, more cooperative children.